Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, control addiction, and codependency. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change. Outer positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, and subscribe to receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media and join the private Facebook group to support each other and connect. For an extra episode each week and to support this podcast, become a Patreon member or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. Hello and welcome to Recover Your Soul. This is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and I thank you for spending your time with me here for this episode. I know how valuable your time is and the fact that you've chosen to learn more about soul recovery and to be more connected to yourself means so much to me. I've been wanting to do an episode for a while that's about finding your voice. And this is important to me because in soul recovery, we're turning the attention to ourselves. We're learning how to let go of the need of outside factors to fill us up, to give us what we think we need to be happy and have a healthy life. And we're learning that there is so much that we can do internally with ourselves. And part of that is learning what the difference between an opinion or advice is learning to not just have everything that is in our mind come out into words and and giving our advice and what we think people should be doing and why this is like this and why is like that to everything all the time. And so there is this part of learning to be more discriminatory about what we say. However, that doesn't mean that you don't have a voice. It doesn't mean that you don't have an opinion or have advice or have strength in who you are. And I want to talk about this because coming from the Al-Anon perspective, there is a real importance of not trying to run other people's lives. And that is really true and really important. 
However, I hear people on a very regular basis say that to be in this program, to be in soul recovery, to be doing the work of Al-Anon means that you zip it all the time and that you allow what's happening But what they mean is they allow what's happening, even if it is destructive or harmful to them. And that's what I want to clarify today. Because in soul recovery, and a lot of you are here because of Al-Anon, but this is soul recovery, which is my own take on what has happened in my life and my recovery from alcoholism and control addiction and codependence and enmeshment and having family members that were addicts. And this is my own personal journey from my larger spiritual work. So again, as usual, take what resonates with you and leave the rest and know that this is my personal take on what I've termed soul recovery. So in soul recovery, we're going to take a look today at how to have more clarity behind the motivation and the underneath part of ourselves that has the voice and to be able to discern between healthy voice and unhealthy voice. Because in soul recovery, what I want you to get out of this is I want you to be even more true to who you are, not in the controlling other people who you are, in the having clarity and belief in the beauty of who you are as a human being and to take control back of the only place you have it, which is for yourself, and to make sure that we are being honest, that we are having integrity, that we have courage, that we are fulfilled in our lives and that we can be strong in who we are and not be afraid. Okay, so now that we've covered all of that. Part of what I talk about when we are first learning how to keep our side of the street clean, how to do our own soul recovery, is to start to notice all the places where we feel powerless, which when we start looking at it for the first time, it's pretty remarkable at how much is out there that we thought that we were trying to control, that we thought we were trying to grasp onto, that we thought we needed to be responsible for other people, for their stuff, for their feelings, for their lives, and that we can be aggressive in how we do that. Or maybe we've learned over time that we don't have a voice. So instead of being aggressive, we're actually hiding who we are, that we're not speaking up for ourselves, that we're allowing other people to run our lives. There's a lot of different ways that the dysfunction and the pain from either growing up in a dysfunctional or alcoholic home or just life as it shows up and craziness as it is in relationships and the desire to fit in and be loved and seen starts to manifest in our lives. So starting to look clearly at this powerlessness, starting to look at where we control things also means beginning to look at what our voice looks like. Now, 
What's interesting to me when I looked back at myself was how much of my voice, I wasn't a yeller, although it turned out I could yell really good. I wasn't necessarily using that as my main function of communication, but I was always kind of putting in my two cents of what somebody else should be doing. That I was putting in my ideas of how a better way might be. Now, I know some people who are more aggressive than that. And when they don't feel like it's going the way that they want, or they don't feel like it's going in the direction that is what they've determined is the only way, the right way, they can really rise up and get really upset. I was one of those people that I also shut down. I was much more of a, when I started to feel like the world was coming at me, I felt like I was being attacked, that my whole self would just shut down. I'd get really overwhelmed. People could just talk me into circles. I couldn't find my voice. I couldn't find what my thoughts were. It was as if they were all jumbled up because the other person could totally run circles around what I was trying to say. Those are all examples of feeling powerless. That we're powerless over what somebody else is saying. We're powerless over whether people are doing what we think that they should be doing or we want them to do or what we think is right. We're powerless over somebody else's addiction. We're powerless over how our parents treated us. We're powerless over how people drive on the street. We're powerless over our government. We're powerless over our kids and the choices they make. We're powerless in so many ways. And so start to think for yourself, how do I try to relate what I'm thinking and feeling? Does it come out overly aggressive and abrasive? Do I shut down? What do I think? Am I able to think? Do I nitpick at the people around me? Am I aggressive in fighting back? These are all our defense mechanisms that we build up in ourselves to try to have control when we feel out of control. Now in soul recovery, we're looking at this and then we're moving forward into connecting with higher power, coming to believe that a power greater than ourselves can help us, that there is another solution, that we can have help, that we don't have to do it all ourselves. And then we're turning it over to this higher power. We're connecting with spirit. We're letting go of the need to be the one who is doing, controlling, making everything happen. We're allowing ourselves to be held and guided and supported by this higher power. And then we're starting to intuitively listen to the guidance of the voice of your inner true self, your healthy self that is connected to this higher power. So when we start observing our voice and we start paying attention to how we communicate with other people, are we feeling attacked by them? So then we are defensive and we attacked back. Do we feel like if we do things just right, just a certain way, that maybe that person will behave in a way that feels more comfortable to us or would be better for them? Are we 
trying to find our way and our place. And we're just observing that. We're just looking at it from a curious perspective. It doesn't mean that we judge it and say, oh, gosh, I'm totally doing it wrong. No, it's not about that at all. It's really about, wow, look at how I perceive that everybody's against me. Look at how I perceive that I have to be small. Look at how I perceive that if I don't fight, that I'm just going to get totally walked all over. Look at how I perceive that I don't think I have a voice at all. These are the observations that we begin to make. And then we start to look at underneath what is the motivation underneath how we're communicating with people. What are we looking for? What are we needing? What are we wanting? Communication is so important in connecting with people and feeling like there is true union and that we see each other and we hear each other is so important in feeling loved and feeling your self-worth and feeling your value and being able to have other people see their value and their self-worth and feel loved. And yet, if you really observe from this curious perspective, most of us aren't actually listening to the other person We're letting them talk while we formulate how we're going to respond. We already have an answer, whether it's a defensive answer or a, yeah, but I did this too, or look at me. You ever met a person and you start to tell them a story and they cut you off in the middle of the story and they go off on their whole tangent about their experience and what they did and what happened to them? And they never even heard you trying to share what your experience was, so that then they could have their turn. They just jumped in and took their turn. And we need to relook at how we communicate with people. But the starting point, as we say in soul recovery, is turn the attention to yourself. It is as I choose to see it. We can begin to observe when we feel like we're being attacked or when we feel like we're trying to manipulate somebody into behaving a certain way. And we can start to look at that underneath thing of why do we want to say what we want to say? Is it kind and important? Is it helpful? Is it expressing what's going on with me? Or is this a way to say, here's what I think you need to do or who you need to be? for me to be happy. This is a lot to take in. It's a lot to shift how you think. Now, when Rich and I first went into recovery, we didn't have a safe relationship. We had gotten to a place where we were attacking and bitter and every single thing that either one of us said, the other person took as if we needed to defend ourselves. And I've talked about this before, that we are on this battleground where we each had our emotional swords and we were constantly fighting each other. And even though Rich would say, Rachel, we're on the same team, I didn't feel safe on his team. I didn't feel safe in who I was. And I felt like I was constantly walking on eggshells. I felt like Every single thing that I was trying to do in the house was try to keep him from being upset. And the truth is, I don't even know what the upset was now that I look back on it, that 
his being unhappy with our son or his being unhappy with the world made me so uncomfortable that everything that came out of my mouth was a defense of trying to make that be different. And he would be so frustrated with me because he just wanted me to hear him. He just wanted to be listened to. And he felt like no matter what he said, I always took the other person's side. I was always the devil's advocate of hearing how he could do it different. And he never felt supported by me. I didn't think I was doing that at the time. But now that I look back, I can see that I was. So we also had this communication where we just couldn't really share our hearts with each other because it just wasn't safe. And that's what ends up happening is these relationships that we have with people that we care about, we're slowly deteriorating that safety by saying unkind words, by saying things that you don't really mean, but you know they're going to push a button. Now, one thing I can say for Rich and I that I have immense gratitude for is we made an agreement in the beginning of our relationship that we would A, not lie, and B, we wouldn't say stuff that we didn't mean. Now, I've said this before in the podcast, it does not mean that I did not look at him in the eyes with anger and think inside in my head some really, really mean things, really mean things, but they never came out of my mouth. And they didn't come out of my mouth because we had agreed that you can't take that stuff back. And that at least we knew early on that those feelings are momentary, that that comes from pain. That is not who you really are or what you really think and believe. So to shout, I hate you or F you or, you know, whatever the things are that we say to people, I should have never married you. Why don't you just go away? You can't take those things back. And then they erode, slowly erode what's going on in your life. So I could shoot daggers into his eyes, which were equally as painful to him, if you ask him, and think a lot of those things, which I did. But I have such gratitude that they didn't come out. But other things came out, other ways of deteriorating our relationship so that neither one of us felt safe. And he would, without realizing it, he would cut me down and talk around me until I didn't know what I was thinking. So even if I thought that I was sharing an important part of what was happening with me, his way of figuring it out or not understanding or trying to have his way be the right way ended up making me so spun out that I just completely shut down. So a reminder, we don't communicate like that anymore. We've come to the other side. So if you're listening to this for the first time and you haven't heard me before, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I can tell you if Rich and I can make it and we can learn how to communicate with each other, there is hope for everyone because it felt really dark and ugly for a long time. So we've gone into recovery and we have a really good friend and she is willing to sit down with us and teach us a different communication tool. And what she does is she treats it like a 12-step meeting. We sit down. We have a prayer, we have rules, 
no crosstalk, no cutting into each other, no blaming, no talking about somebody else. We're going to keep the attention on ourselves. And I've been in a 12-step meeting before. You learn that people talk about their experience. And the ones who are really doing their work aren't spending the whole time talking about how everybody else should be different. They're talking about their own personal experience. She would set a timer for three or five minutes and she would take notes and each of us took turns. And unlike therapy sessions where we used to go and complain about the other person, this time all we could do was talk about ourselves. And it wasn't easy. As a matter of fact, it was really hard. They're learning I statements and learning to express your feelings. And even deeper than that, allowing yourself to feel your own feelings about yourself was a skill I needed to learn. And so she was there to mediate and to kind of keep us on track if we started moving towards and then you should be like, oh, okay, let's back that up a little bit. Remember, we're only talking about ourselves. And something happened in that exercise with her that we did quite a few times. We learned how to share what was going on in our own hearts, our own fears, our own darkness, our own resentments, and to take responsibility for our own feelings and our own reactions. And really remarkable, incredible things started to come up where we could take responsibility for what the other person had always wanted us to take responsibility for. It's hard to explain, but I remember in one meeting in particular, hearing Rich for the first time share his deep fears and frustrations about our son in a way that wasn't blaming our son. It was about him recognizing his own feelings and his own feelings of inadequacy as a father. And I was able to express parts of myself and how I was interacting with the family and that I could see my part in the creation of a dysfunctional family. And that was something Rich had needed to hear from me that he would poke his finger at me and say, you're doing this. And of course, I couldn't see it or feel it because it was coming as a blame. And likewise, his awareness of how he was interacting with his son. What's happened to me is learning, and I say this in the podcast quite a bit, like there are times we need to keep our mouth shut. When I am trying to tell Rich or thinking, okay, so back up. So I, I used to get involved in Rich's business and how he was interacting with clients and what was going on. And, and there's some curiosity. It's his life. I want to know what's going on with him. But sometimes it's because I think I know better or there's something that I want to tweak or I have a motivation underneath my ask that isn't really just about curiosity. So I've learned to be mindful and aware when something's about to come out to ask myself, are you asking about that job because there's something that you want to control in it that you think that you could do better or want to give them advice for, or are you being curious? 
And then when he talks about his job or talks about the guys that work for him or whatever's going on, I have learned to not have a response to every single thing he's saying as if I need to coach him, as if I need to give him advice. What he really just needs is someone to hear him and say, yeah, that's really frustrating. Oh, that's really exciting. That's really cool. And, you know, sometimes it feels funny to not be putting in more information than that. But what it does is it gives him space to share what's going on with him. And then it comes back around to me to where there's space for me to actually speak about what's happening in my life. Here's what's happening in the business. Here's my ideas. Here's a place where I fell down. Here's something that totally didn't work, was a total fail. Here's how it's making me feel and really get supported by him because he's not trying to fix me either. We've stopped trying to fix each other. We've gotten off the battlefield. I don't have to be his devil's advocate. He has plenty of stuff in his own mind to be his own devil's advocate. However, there is this place where it's complicated to say, okay, well, I'm just going to allow somebody to totally be themselves and I'm not going to have anything to say. I'm not, I don't get to have an opinion. And I, I disagree with that because I think that once you start to have clear communication and you start to see a backside of what's really going on in your heart and your mind, you start to have clarity of the voice that is the power of who you are, which allows you to also stand up in situations that are unacceptable, to not be treated in a way that is not okay for you to be able to set boundaries, to be able to ask for what you need. When you speak to me this way, I feel shut down and I need you to come to me with gentle, softer heart. When you blank, I feel blank and I need blank. But we don't do that when we're all bound up in all of our emotions and all of our frustrations and all of our irritation. So what we're doing first is recognizing our powerlessness. We're letting go of the need to have everything be us, that we personally are doing it. We're turning over to higher power. We're asking for guidance. We're asking for support. We're asking for the voice that comes from us to be one that is kind and clear, and that also can recognize where we need to be more conscientious, more allowing of our individual self, and how we can express that to people, not only in relationship, but in work and out in the grocery store or in an environment where you're getting something done. To have a voice that is from this centered place, not from a pained place, not from a victim place, not from a demanding place, not from a controlling place. And to be able to have this voice and share from our strength of who we are, what it is that we are feeling, what it is that we need, what it is that we recognize in ourselves and to know that when we say those things to somebody else, 
they may not give us what we quote unquote want. And that that needs to be okay. That that voice that we're sharing, that we're expressing the truth of who we are from this whole true place doesn't necessarily mean that now the world comes in and we get what we need and our kids do what we want and our husband does what we want and work does what we want. We can trust that it's enough to have that clarity of who we are and to trust and have faith that things are working out for their highest good, that there is a progression of change that is always happening in our life, that if we allow it and we see it, is moving us forward to our best self. And sometimes that means that the people around us currently in our lives may not be in our lives in the same way that they are now. That we can transform and grow within ourselves and have clarity. And through that, we do butterfly affect everyone around us, every relationship around us, but not from control, from inspiration, from awareness, from letting go of the need to manipulate or want a certain outcome. So having our voice is really the place where we have power, but not power from a dominating somebody else place, but spiritual power. I did an episode on spiritual strength and power. That strength, when it comes from our spiritual self, is really in union with your higher power. And it's not ego-fed. And it's not us needing everything to be a certain way so we can be okay. I do think that it's important if you have somebody who's using in your life that we're not constantly harping on them or counting how many of these they drink or whatever it is that's going on. It's not about making sure that we're watching them because that is not going to have any result that you're looking for. But I do think that it is perfectly okay To be in relationship with somebody and to be able to share from your heart how you feel. I have said to my kids, I love you and I want you to live full, happy lives. And sometimes I get scared that the choices that you're going to make are going to take you down a road that will be hard for you. And that's hard for me as a mom. But I know and I trust that you have the ability to make proper and right decisions for you. And so I just want you to know that sometimes that's why it's hard for me, because it can be easy to go down a worry road. That's different than saying you're drinking too much or you're smoking too much pot or why are you doing this? That's coming from me and my feelings. And I'm not telling them what to do. And then the biggest part is me and my knowing that I have to let it go and I have to trust that really it is held by my higher power and my kids may or may not make choices that benefit them in the end. I have to let go of the outcome. I have to turn the attention to myself and then I don't check. I don't count how many things they have or 
look on social media and see that they're out again. And so that must mean that they partied. That is none of my business. Does it affect my heart sometimes? And I have to check myself and remind myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am still on this journey with all of you. And as I've said, take what resonates with you and leave the rest. Each of you are on your own unique path. We all as human beings have a strength in who we are. And what I want for you to come out of from soul recovery is to see the beauty of the human being that you are. And that it may be complete chaos all around you, and it may be complete dysfunction all around you, but you have control of you. You have control of you and your higher power, and you get to choose happiness and health and beauty in your own life. And sometimes it means that hard choices have to be made along the way. But every time you step more into your integrity of who you are, and we let go of shame and fear and guilt, and we let go of the need for other people to show up for us or be for us the way that we think that they should be, we get closer to connecting with the the magnitude of who we are. Now, when I was in the depths of darkness, it didn't feel like this was possible. But this is why we go to meetings. This is why we do support groups. Come to the Soul Recovery Support Group on the first Monday of every month. Come to one of my workshops. I'm doing a monthly workshop. Go to 12-step meetings. Connect with people and see you are not alone. I tell you, if I can make it and I can come from where I was to where I am today as a sober human being, as an emotionally sober human being, you can get there too. You can get there too. We're letting go of everybody else's stuff. We're letting go of the need for it all to look a certain way on the outside of us. And we're turning within and we're finding the clarity of this voice that is a healthy, strong, spiritually strong, curious, aware, insightful, kind voice that shares the truth of who we are and lets go of the outcome, that speaks in kindness and love. Until next time, namaste. Are you wondering, how do I go deeper on my path to soul recovery? Or how do I support this great podcast? Well, here's how. Here's your call to action. If you're ready for real inner change, and would like to work directly with me, visit the website and book a coaching session. I'm here to support you on your unique path. I'm here to help you let go of the past, to deepen your connection with your higher power, whatever that is for you, and to discover and then step forward into a happy and healthy life. You can also become part of our soul recovery community. One way is to join the support group. It's the first Monday of every month. It's by Zoom from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And you can register on the website to get your Zoom link. Recover your souls on social media. Of course, there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, lots of ways to connect. And there's even a private Facebook group that will allow for more communication and conversation about soul recovery. There is also an extra bonus episode every Friday if you are an Apple Podcast subscriber or Patreon member. 
I'd also love all of the listeners to subscribe on the website so that I can keep you informed on what's going on with the podcast, the community with me and anything that's up and coming and new and great about soul recovery. Also, if you just take a little bit of time to give me five stars, a quick review, and to share the podcast with your friends and family, we're helping even more people to have soul recovery in their lives. If this podcast is providing you spiritual nourishment and inspiration, thank you, thank you for going to the website and pushing the donate button, whatever donation feels right to you. This means so much to me because I have this enormous mission of sharing soul recovery with the world and your donations, your bookings, your subscriptions, your being part of this community is helping that to happen. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.